بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه العقيده الواسطيه وتؤمن الفرقه الناجيه من اهل السنه والجماعه بالقدر خيره وشره والايمان بالقدر على درجتين كل درجة تتدمن شيئين فالدرجة الأولى الإيمان بأن الله تعالى عليم بالخلق وهم عاملون بعلمه القديم الذي هو موصوف به أزلا وأبدا وعلم جميع أحوال أحوالهم من الطاعات والمعاصي والأرزاق والآجال ثم كتب الله في اللوح المحفوظ مقادير الخلق فأول ما خلق الله القلم قال له اكتب قال ما اكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة فما أصاب الإنسان لم يكن ليقطعه وما أقطعه لم يكن ليصيبه جفت الأقلام وطويت وطويت الصهف كما قال تعالى ألم تعلم أن الله يعلم ما في السماوات والأرض إن ذلك في كتاب إن ذلك على الله يسير قال ما أصاب من مصيبة في الأرض ولا في أنفسكم إلا في كتاب من قبل أن نبرأها إن ذلك على الله يصير وهذا التقدير التابع لعلمه سبحانه يكون في مواضع, مواضع جملة وتفسيرا فقد كتب في اللوح المحفوظ ما شاء وإذا خلق الجسد, الجسد الجنين قبل النفخ الروح قبل النفخ الروح فيه بعث إليه ملكا فيؤمر بأربع كلمات فيقال له اكتب رزقه وأجله وعمله وشقي أم سعيد ونحوه ونحو ذلك فهذا التقدير قد كان ينكره غلاة القدرية قديما ومنكروه اليوم قليل وأما الدرجة الثانية فهي مشيئة الله النافذة وقدرته الشاملة وهو الإيمان بأن ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشأ لم يكن وأنه ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من حركة ولا سكون إلا بمشيئة الله سبحانه لا يكون في ملكه ما لا يريد وأنه سبحانه على كل شيء قدير وأنه سبحانه على كل شيء قدير من الموجودات والمعدومات فما من مخلوق في الأرض ولا في السماء إلا الله خالقه سبحانه لا خالق غيره ولا رب سواه ومع ذلك فقد أمر العباد بطاعته وطاعة رسله ونهاهم عن معصيته وهو سبحانه يحب المتقين والمحسنين والمقصدين ويرضى عن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ولا يحب الكافرين ولا يرضى عن القوم الفاسقين ولا يعمر بالفحشاء ولا يرضى لعباده الكفر ولا يحب الفساد والعباد عاملون حقيقة والله خالق أفعالهم والعبد هو المؤمن والكافر والبر والفاجر والمصلي والصاحب وللعباد قدرة على أعمالهم ولهم إرادة والله خالقهم وقدرتهم وإرادتهم كما قال تعالى لمن شاء منكم أن يستقيم وما تشاءون إلا أن يشاء الله رب العالمين وهذه الدرجة من القدر يكذب بها عامة القدرية 
الذين سماهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مجوس هذه الأمة ويغلو فيها قوم من أهل الإثبات حتى سلبوا العبد قدرته واختياره ويخرجون عن أفعال الله أحكامه وحكمها ويخرجون ويخرجون عن أفعال الله وأحكامه حكمها ومصالحها بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور عبوسنا وسيئات أعمالنا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله أرسله رحمة للعالمين فبلغ الرسالة وعد الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعد وحملوا راية الإسلام معه وبعد ذلك حتى نشر الله جل وعلا بهم الهدى والنور فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا من محبيهم واجعلنا من الذين قلت عنهم والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقون بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غل الذين آمنوا نسأل الله أن نكون من هؤلاء وبعد ذكر الشيخ الإسلام بن تمية رحمة الله عليه فيما سمعنا ما يتعلق بالقدر والإنسان لا يكون مؤمنا إلا إذا آمن بالقدر يقول رحمة الله عليه وتؤمن الفرقة الناجية من هي الفرقة الناجية؟ هم أهل السنة المقصود بالسنة سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أهل السنة والجماعة تؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره يعني أن كل شيء قدره الله مما نحب ومما لا نحب نعلم أن الله قدره ولا يمكن أن يوجد في الكون شيء والله لا يعلم تؤمن الفرقة الناجية من أهل السنة والجماعة بالقدر خيره وشره يعني أن كل شيء مقدر كما يبين ذلك ما بعد هذا والإيمان يقول رحمة الله عليه بالقدر على درجتين وكل درجة تتضمن شيء الدرجة الأولى الإيمان بأن الله عليم بالخلق يعني يعالم من أفعالهم وأن هذا العلم عند الله جل وعلا قبل أن يخلق الناس لما خلق الله القمر القلم قال الله له اكتب قال ما اكتب العلم القديم الذي هو موصوف به ازلا وابدا وعلم جميع احوالهم من الطاعات والمعاصي والارزاق والاجال والذريه جميع ما يكون لهم الله عالم به قبل ان يوجد 
ويعلم جل وعلا جميع أحوالهم من الطاعات والمعاصي والأرزاق والأجال يعلمها قبل أن تحدث لا يمكن أن يصح أن يقال لا الله ما علم هذا الشيء حتى حدث لا يعلم أنه سوف يحدث ويعلم كيف سيكون إذا حدث يقول ثم خثب الله في اللوح المحفوظ مقادير الخلق الله خلق القلم قبل أن يخلق الناس ثم قال له اكتب قال ما أكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة إلى قيام الساعة فكتب القلم ولذلك ما يحدث شيء في هذا الكون إلا وقد سبق أن كتبه الله جل وعلا فيما كتب وكيف سيكون هذا الحدث فما أصاب الإنسان لم يكن يخدم الذي قال لابن عباس واعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك يعني إذا حصل لك أمر فأيقن أن هذا الأمر ما كان بالإمكان أن يتقى على سبيل المثال لو أن إنسان أن يسير في الطريق فاصطدم بجدار أو بسيارة لا يظن أنه لو وضع أسبابا أخرى ما حصل هذا المدام حدث الأمر يعلم أن هذا الشيء قد ما كان ليتأخلف قال واعلم أن ما أصابك ما كان ليخدعك يعني لا يمكن أن يتركك وما أخطأ لم يكن ليصيبه ليصيبه وعما مثلا الأمراض تقع أحد يصاب بمرض وأحد لا يصاب ليس معناه أن هذا الذي لم يصاب حرص على أن يتقي ذلك ويتجنبه ولأنه تسبب ما جاءه المرض وذاك أهمل وجاءه المرض لا الذي جاءه المرض لو اجتمعت الدنيا كلها على ان تحول بينه وبين ذلك المرض ما استطاع. النبي قال ابن عباس لو اجتمع من باخطارها على ان ينفعوك بشيء ما نفعوك الا بشيء قد كتبه الله لك. ثم في اخر هذا المعنى قال شيخ الاسلام جهفت الاقلام وطويت الصحف كما قال تعالى ألم تعلم أن الله يعلم ما في السماوات والأرض إن ذلك في كتاب إن ذلك عن الله يسير إن هذا الذي يحدث من أعاصير من مصائب كل ما حصل واقعا حقيقة هذا قد سبق في علم الله انه سوف يكون بهذه الصفه. قال جل وعلا: وما ما اصاب من مصيبه في الارض ولا في انفسكم الا في كتاب 
قبل أن نبرأها إن ذلك على الله يسير يعني هذه المصائب هذه الحروب التي تحدث هذه موجودة في علم الله أنها سوف تكون فإذا وجد شيء أو براكين حدثت فهي في علم الله أنها سوف تكون في ذلك الوقت الذي حصلت فيه بالصفة يقول إلا في كتاب من قبل أن نبرأها يعني من قبل أن نخلقها فعليا لأن الله هو الذي برأ كل شيء إن ذلك على الله يسير هذا التقدير التابع لعلم الله جل وعلا يكون في مواضع جملة وتفصيلا فقد كتب في اللوح المحفوظ ما شاء أشار إلى بدء خلق الجنين الإنسان لما يقع المني في الرحم النبي أشار في حديث آخر أنه يبقى أربعين يوما نطفة أربعين يوما علقة وأربعين يوما مضعة وهكذا حتى يكمل له أربعة أشهر يقول هنا إذا خلق الجنين قبل نفخ الروح فيه بعث إليه ملكا الملك هذا يؤمر يأمره الله بأربع كلمات يقال أكتب رزقه هل هذا الجنين هذا سيكون ثري أو أنه سيكون فقير هذا كله مكتوب رزقه وعجله كم سيعيش مئة سنة أو خمسين سنة أو شهر كل هذا مكتوب وأجره وعمله هل سيكون من أهل التقوى والطاعة المحافظين على فرائض الإسلام أو عمله في تجارة أو في أسفار كل هذا مكتوب وعمله وشقي أم سعيد هل هم الناس الذين حياتهم مبنية مبنية على الشقاء والعناء والتكدر والخوف والهم أو أنه من الذين كتب الله لهم من ولادتهم إلى أن يموتوا وهم في رغد عيش وأمن واطمئنان كل ذلك لكل واحد مسجل ونحو ذلك شكرا سيد في تكمن له ما الرزق وما العجل وبأي أرض يموت كل واحد إذا مات إذا مات أناس في الغرق هذا مكتوب قبل أن يخلقوا وقبل أن يخلق الله السماوات والأرض بخمسين ألف سنة كل هذه الأمور مكتوبة فهذا التقدير قد يكون قد ينكره غلاة القدرية قديما يقول شيخ الاسلام يقصد بغلاه القدريه الذين قبل الاسلام وفي مبدا الاسلام ومنكروها اليوم قليل يعني انهم جربوا وان كل احد ويؤمنون بان الله لا يمكن ان يوجد في ملك شيء 
هو لا يقدر على منعه قالوا أما الدرجة الثانية فهي مشيئة الله النافذة وقدرته الشاملة وهو الإيمان بأن الله بأن ما شاء الله كان الناس يتبادلون كلمة ما شاء الله كان يعني الأمر الذي يريد الله أن يكون هذا لا بد أن يكون ولذلك يقول قائل فما شئت كان وإن لم أشع وما شئت إن لم تشع لن يكن يعني الإنسان يريد شيء وقد لا يحصل يريد أن يدخل الجنة لكن قد لا يدخله قد يكون في الظاهر من أهلها وفي النهاية أن الرجل لا يعمل بعمل أهل الجنة حتى ما يكون بينه وبينها إلا ذراع فيسبق عليها الكتاب اللي كتب في العزل أنه ليس من أهل الجنة من أهل النار فيعمل بعمله فيدخلها أو يكون أيضا مكتوب في الكتاب الأزلي أنه من أهل الجنة فيبقى في كفر وشر وبلا ومحن ثم قبل وفاته يتحول إلى مخافة الله والرغبة فيما عنده والخوف مما عنده حتى ما يكون بينه وبين ذراع فيسبق على الكتاب فيعمل بعمل أهل الجنة فيدخلها كل من يدخل الجنة سابق سبق في علم الله أنهم سوف يعملون العمل الذي يدخلون به الجنة وكل من يدخلون النار سبق في علم الله أنهم سوف يعملون العمل الذي يكون من أسباب دخولهم النار فنسأل الله أن يقينا ويجيرنا من النار وأن يجعلنا جميعا من أهل الجنة الإيمان بأن ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشبه يكن وأنه ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من حركة ولا سكون إلا بمشيئة الله سبحانه يعني ما تسقط ورقة من شجرة إلا وقد علم الله أن هذه الورقة أول ما خلقت في غصنها أنها سوف تسقط عندما تكون كذا وكذا كل هذا محصى وما لم يشل أن يكون وأنه ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من حركه ولا سكون إلا بمشيئة الله لا يكون في ملكه ما لا يريد ليس معناه ما لا يريد ما لا يحب لا يعني ما لا يقدر على منعه لا يمكن أن نجد في الكون شيء الله جل وعلا ما أراد أن يكون لكن كان بدون نرث لا جميع ما في الكون مقدر من خير وشر وأنه سبحانه على كل شيء قدير من الموجودات والمعدومات فما من مخلوق في الأرض ولا في السماء إلا الله خالق سبحانه لا خالق غيره ولا رب سواه ذكرنا أول سورة فصلت حامين فصلت لما ينظر هذا الكون اللي نعيش فيه خلق الله جل وعلا الأرض والسماوات وجميع ما فيه هذه هذا الكون 
في ستة أيام في ستة أيام إلى آخره وهو لو شاء لقال لهذا الكون كله كن بهذه الصفة لكان ومع ذلك فقد أمر العباد بطاعته يعني أمر الله العباد بأن يطيعون وطاعة رسوله ونهاهم معصيته فهو سبحانه يحب المتقين والمحسنين والمقسطين يعني أهل العدل ويرضى عن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ولا يحب الكافرين ولا يرضى عن القوم الفاسقين ولا يأمر بالفحشاء ولا يرضى لعباده الكفر ولا يحب الفساد والعباد فاعلون حقيقة والله خالق أفعالهم الله قال والله خلقكم وما تعملون ليس أفعالنا نحن خلقناه لا الله خلق الفاعل وفعله قال والعباد فاعلون حقيقة والله خالق أفعالهم والعبد هو المؤمن والكافر والبر والفاجر والمصلي والصائم إن كل من في السماوات والأرض إلا عبد الرحمن عبده كل ما في هذا الكون عبيد لله جل وعلا وللعباد قدرة على أعمالهم ولهم إرادة والله خالقهم وقدرتهم وإرادتهم يقول وهديناه النجدين الله جل وعلا هو الذي علمه الطريق هذا والطريق ذا وبين له مضار هذا ومنافع ذا وهذه الدرجة من القدر يكذب بها عامة القدرية الذين سماهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مجوس هذه الأمة ويغلو فيها قوم من أهل الإثبات حتى سلبوا العبد قدرته واختياره ويخرجون عن أفعال الله وأحكامه حكمها ومصالحها مجوس هذا لماذا اسم مجوس؟ لأنهم يعبدون غير الله جل وعلا ويعبدون أفعالهم التي يصنعونها من إيقاد النار واللي يعبدوها ويخرج ويخرجون عن أفعال الله وأحكامه حكما لأنهم يقولون أن هذا العمل الذي وجد ما علم الله عنه حتى وجد لا الله يعلم كل شيء قبل حدوثه ويعلم الحكمة التي من أجلها صار كذا والحكمة التي من أجلها لم يصل كذا ولذلك لا يكون الإنسان مسلما حتى يؤمن بالدرجات الإيمان كلها بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وبالقدر خيره وشره لذلك لما جاء ناس من العراق وقابلوا عبد الله بن عمر وذكروا له أن الناس يقولون عندهم ناس ينكرون القدر ويقولون الأمر أنف يعني هذا الأمر ما يعلمه الله حتى حدث فهل أخبرهم بأنني بريء منهم وهم براء مني 
ولو فعل الإنسان كذا وكذا ولا آمن بالقدر ما نفعه ذلك أركان الإسلام خمسة وأركان الإيمان ستة بالله ملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر القيامة وما فيها من ثواب وعقاب والقدر الأول الأوليات هذه قد يكون سهل الواحد يقبلها في عقله لكن لا القدر هم يقولون لا الله لم يعلم الشيء إلا لما حدث ما علم الله أن هؤلاء سيكونون كفار لما أنهم كفروا ما علم بهذه البرخين أنها سوف تثور لما ثارت لا كل شيء بقضائه جل وعلا القدر لا يغيب عن شيء ولذلك النبي قال يقبل لو اجتمع من بأقطار الأرض على أن ينفعك بشيء ما كتبه لك ما نفعك به لازم يؤمن الواحد لكن مع ذلك ينبغي أن يحرص على اتقاء الشر والخطر ويحرص على الأخذ بالأسباب لكن إذا جاء أمر ولم يكن قادرا على دفعه فوقع لا يقول لو أنني فعلت كذا ولذلك جاء قصة اللو باب ما جاء في اللو في كتاب التوحيد لا يقول واحد لو كنت فعلت كذا مثلا يريد أن يسافر ثم تأخر كان يريد أن يسافر فجر تأخر ولم يمشي يذهب إلى أذان الظهر وإذا بالأعاصي قد هبت ولا يشوف الطريق يقول لو صحت رحت الفجر لا رواحك هذه اللحظة هذا هو الذي قد قدر الله أن تقوم به إذا بد الإنسان أن يؤمن بالخير بالقدر قضاء خيره وشره نعم الشيخ بدأ بتحيي الله عز وجل sending salams upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the one who gave the message and was sincere for his ummah and fought in the way of Allah may the peace and may Allah be pleased with the companions those who believed in the Prophet and migrated with him and to him and fought in the way of Allah until the guidance was spread throughout uh, the lands and may Allah make us from those who say after them, O oh Allah, <coughs> forgive our brothers who have conceded us in faith and do not create any dislike for them within our chests. We ask Allah to be from amongst them. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taala mentioned in this chapter that which pertains to divine decree and an individual cannot be a true believer until he believes in the, the divine decree. Shaykh Islam mentioned that the saved sect, they are the people from the Sunnah, and they believe in the divine decree, it's good and it's evil. They believe that everything that takes place, it was decreed by Allah that it would take place. And there's nothing, and no, and those things that take place may be good, or they may, may be things that are liked by the individual or not liked. But all of this was decreed by Allah Azza wa Jal. 
there's nothing that takes place in the creation except that it was decreed by Allah and Allah has full knowledge of it. So this is the belief of the safe sect with regards to divine decree. Shaykh al-Islam mentioned that there are two categories of that. And the first is to know that Allah has to have faith that Allah has knowledge, full knowledge of that which takes place in creation, and He has full knowledge of their action with His eternal knowledge, yani the knowledge of Allah from the beginning, not that Allah knew thereafter. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that Allah was aware of His creation before He created them. And this took place that Allah created the, the pen, or when Allah created the pen, He told Allah, He told Allah told the pen to write, and it's going to come in the chapter. So Allah is all aware of everything that takes place in His creation. <coughs> Allah knows all of their affairs, their actions of obedience, their actions of disobedience, their wealth, their lifespan. This is written by Allah in the Lawh al-Mahfuz, in the preserved tablet. So everything that would take place in the creation, Allah is all aware of it. <coughs> and it is not permissible, and it is not accepted that an individual says that Allah only knows once the, the, the very action takes place. This is not correct. Allah knew it before it took place. Allah is the creator of all things. And then he mentioned the, the affair of the pen. When Allah created the pen, he said to the pen, write. And the pen said, what should I write? Allah said, write everything that would take place until the day of judgment. So with that being the case, there's nothing that takes place in the creation except that Allah is all aware of it and it is written in the Lawh al-Mahfub, the preserved tablet. And because of that, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, so there's nothing that takes place with the individual except that it was meant. It would have never uh, been diverted from the individual. And there's nothing that's diverted from the individual except that it would have never had, it would have never took place with him, it would have never uh, afflicted him. The pins have dried, or the ink has dried, and the pages have been folded. And the, the verses that were mentioned in Aqeel Qawasati in that regard. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, th- this was mentioned, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned this to Ibn Abbas where he said you should have certainty that that which afflicts you, it was not meant to be diverted from you, and that which was diverted or missed you, it was not meant to afflict you. So, the Shaykh mentioned, for example, if a person is driving and he hits a wall, the person shouldn't think that if I would have done this or that, and once it has taken place, the person shouldn't say or feel if I would have done this or that, this would have never taken place. Because the fact that it took place <coughs> informed that you could have never diverted, you could have never uh, prevented it. You could have never prevented it. The fact that it took place means that you could have never prevented it. And likewise, an individual, if he's afflicted with a, an illness, and, and the Sheikh mentioned you have two people that are afflicted with illnesses, or you have two people 
one is afflicted with an illness and one is not. This doesn't mean that the person who was afflicted with the illness, had he done this or that, it would have never taken place. No. The Shaykh mentioned Habibullah the fact that it took place, he could have never missed it. He could have never uh, missed it and prevented it. The fact that it took place, he could have never prevented it. And it doesn't mean that the individual that it actually took place, or the individual that uh, it never afflicted him, uh, had he done something else, it would have afflicted him. No. The fact that it did not afflict him, means that it would have never afflicted him. And this is understood from the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, when he mentioned to Ibn Abbas radiallahu Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned the fact that the, the ink has dried, the pens have dried, and or the ink and the pens have dried, and the pages have been folded. And this also go back, goes back to that same hadith. So likewise, the verses in the statement of Allah Azza in Surah Al-Hajj, don't you know, or Allah mentions to His creation, don't you know that Allah knows that which is in the heavens and that which is in the earth? Verily, this is in a book. And this is something easy for Allah in Surah Al-Hajj. Likewise, the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Hadid, that which afflicts the individual in the earth or in themselves, indeed it was in a book before Allah created them. So this was written before Allah created the creation and this is easy for Allah Azza wa Jal. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that everything that would take place in the creation, it is written by Allah Azza wa Jal and it is known by Allah exactly how it would take place. Not only does Allah know that it would take place, but Allah knows specifically how it would take place. And everything that takes place, it's in accordance to the knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal. And he mentioned, Shaykh al-Islam ibn, ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, with regards to the creation of the, the individual in the wombs of the women. And when the sperm enters the womb of the female, and this was mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, that it would be this state, it would be uh, you know, a clot of blood for 40 days, it would be this for 40 days until the end of the hadith, and that's when the individual completes four, uh, four months, and then an angel is sent to the individual while this is in the womb of the female, and the angel is ordered to write four things. The angel is ordered to write, and Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentions it, the angel is ordered to write the wealth of the individual, the lifespan of the individual, the actions of the individual, and will they be wretched or will they be a happy, uh, upright individual? And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so if the individual is going to be rich or it's going to, the individual is going to be poor, this is written while the individual is in the womb of the female. And likewise, the lifespan of the individual, this is also written. Whether the individual is going to live for a hundred years, or whether he or she is going to live for fifty years, whether the individual is going to be a person of taqwa, or he or she is going to be a person of disobedience, is going to be a person that preserves the rights of Allah, and fulfills the legislated obligations, whether the individual is going to be a merchant or the likes, all of this is known by Allah and is written while the individual is in the womb of his mother. Likewise, is this life of the is the life of the individual going to be a life built of built on sadness and wretchedness, or is it going to be a life built on righteousness? And the likes, all of this is known and it is written by Allah Azza wa Jal, or the angel is ordered to write this while the individual is in the wombs of the mother. The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Taala, and in addition, 
He mentioned in addition to this, it's also written, It's also written which land would this individual die in. So for example, if a person drowns, if a group of people drowns, this was written 50,000 years before Allah created them. It was written that this individual, these individuals would, would drown. And then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned that this, uh, this section of Qadr, the fact that Allah knew everything, this is the, denied by the Qulat al-Qadriyya, the people that are extreme in uh, al-Qadriyya. And this was before, the Shaykh mentioned, ta'ala, this was even before Islam. They would deny that Allah knew uh, the actions of the individual until it takes place. And it was also in the beginning of Islam. You had those individuals that denied that Allah knew the actions of the individual until it would take place. The second level is the divine decree of Allah Taala that would, would indeed happen and be carried out. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala this is, or Shaykh al-Islam, Afwan, Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned Rahim Allah Ta'ala, that this is the belief that that which Allah decrees would take place. And that which Allah does not decree, it would, nev- it would never take place. And there is nothing in the heavens nor in the earth from movement or stillness except that Allah Azawajal decreed it. And there's nothing in the dominion of Allah except that Allah wants it. There's nothing in the dominion of Allah except that Allah wants it to Baraka Ta'ala. And everything is by the decree of Allah. Everything which is present, and everything which is not present, and everything which is created in the heavens and in the earth, it, Allah is the creator of that thing. And there's no creator other than Allah Azza wa Jal. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Now, the Shaykh mentioned that you, the, the people say that that which Allah wants will take place, and that which Allah does not want, it will not play, take place. And this is correct. That which Allah wants, it would take place. And what Allah Azawajal does not want, it would not, or if Allah wants something not to take place, it will not take place. So whatever Allah decrees will happen, and whatever, whatever Allah does not decree, it would not happen. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's not based on the want and the desire of the individual, because you might have an individual that wants to enter into paradise, but he does not enter into paradise. As it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, one of you would act, or one of you would do the actions of the people of paradise until there's a small span, time, between him and paradise, before his death. And then he would do the actions of the people of the hellfire, and he would enter into the hellfire. And likewise, there's an individual that would do uh, he would act upon kufr, he would do actions of disbelief and actions of sins, and he would be upon pure evil. And then there's a short time between him and his death, and he changes and he does the actions of the people of paradise, and he enters into paradise. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, every individual that would enter paradise, this individual is known by Allah Allah knows everyone that would enter paradise. And everyone that would enter the hellfire, Allah Azawajal knows every specific individual that would enter the hellfire. And we ask Allah Azawajal to make us from amongst those people that enter the paradise. And we ask Allah Azawajal to protect us from the actions of the people of the hellfire. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, there's no, there's no nothing that takes place in the heavens or in the earth from movements 
or from stillness except that it is known by Allah Azawajal. When a leaf falls from the tree, Allah knew that this leaf would fall from the tree at the specific time and at the specific moment before Allah created the leaf. Before Allah Azawajal created the leaf, Allah knew that at a specific time and a specific moment, this leaf would fall from the tree even before the leaf was created. And there's nothing that takes place in the dominion of Allah except that Allah wants it. And the Shaykh should, Habib Allah mentioned that you shouldn't say that Allah did not want this evil or that evil to take place. No. The fact that it took place means that Allah willed that it would take place. And Allah Azawajal wanted it to take place. And he mentioned Habib Allah in the beginning of Surah Fussilat. Allah mentioned about the creation and that which is present on the earth and that which is present in the sky and the likes. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah that Allah mentioned in the Quran how he created this. But indeed, if Allah wanted to say be, it would be. If Allah said be, it would be. Then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, or Afwan Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that even with Allah Azawajal, uh, that which Allah decrees take place in the heavens and in, in the earth, with that Allah ordered, and the fact that Allah knew that this person would enter to paradise and that person would enter into the hellfire. Even with that being the case, Allah ordered the servants to obey him. And he ordered them to, to obey his messengers. And Allah forbade that they disobey him. And Allah loves those who are righteous. And Allah loves those who are good. And Allah loves those who are just. And Allah is pleased with those who believe and do righteous deeds. And Allah does not love the disbelievers. And Allah is not pleased with those who are wrongdoers. And Allah does not order them to do the wrong. And Allah is not pleased that His servants dis disbelieve. And Allah is not pleased with their evil deeds. The individual is the doer of his deeds. And Allah is the creator of his deeds. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. And he mentioned... Um, the statement of Allah in the Quran that Allah created you and Allah created that which you do. So there's no action that an individual does that he is the creator of the action. No. The individual does the action, but Allah is the one that created the action itself. So this informs that there's no creator of the action independent of Allah. No. Allah created you and Allah created that which you do. <coughs> And then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that the abd, the slave or the servant, the, in, the individual who believes, he is a slave and a servant. And the disbeliever, he is also a slave and a servant. And the one who is righteous, he is a slave and a servant. And the one who is not righteous, he is a slave and a servant to the end of that which he said. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah the statement of Allah in the Qur'an, that everyone in the heavens and everyone on the earth, they will come to Allah as a servant. They will come to Allah as a servant. So there's no one who's uh, exempt from the servitude uh, of Allah Azawajal or the servitude to Allah Azawajal. All of us are servants and slaves of Allah. Whether we're righteous or whether we're not righteous, whether we believe, whether we disbelieve, we are all servants and slaves of Allah Azawajal. And Allah Azawajal informed us which path we should take. As Allah says, وَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ وَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ نَجْدَيْنَ Allah guided you to the correct path. Yani, whether or Allah informed you of the two paths. The path which would lead you to paradise or the path that would lead you to the hellfire. Allah informed you of it 
and he clarified which path is the path that would lead you to, uh, to righteousness. Then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala the majus of hadhi al-ummah or the fire worshippers of this ummah and he mentioned al-aqid uh, al the individuals that deny this uh, and the individuals that say that the person creates his own deeds and that Allah does not create the deeds of the individuals these are described as being the majus of this ummah, the fire worshippers why? because they worship other than Allah they worship themselves because they say that they create their deeds and they said that Allah does not create the deeds of the individuals. So these individuals worship other than Allah Azza wa Jal, and they believe that there is a creator. They believe that there's a creator other than Allah Azza wa Jal. Why? Because they say that the person creates his own deeds, that the deeds are not created by Allah Azza wa Jal. And likewise they say, he mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, that they say that Allah does not know that this individual would do this deed until the person does the deed. And because of that they take away the fact that Allah creates the deeds and they take away the fact that the deed was performed with wisdom. They remove the wisdom uh, from the deed itself and this is incorrect. Verily Allah created the deed of the individual and Allah did it with pure wisdom. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the individual cannot be a believer until he believes in divine decree of Allah Azawajal. And this is from the pillars of Iman. As the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned and took me to believe in Allah. وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ His angels وَكُتُبِهِ And his books وَرُسُلِهِ And his messengers وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And to believe in the last day وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ And that you have to believe in divine decree It's good and it's evil And because of that During the time of the companions and individual, Individuals came from Iraq And they visited Abdullah bin Umar عنهما, And they informed Abdullah bin Umar That there were people in Iraq who said that the affair is not known by Allah. And the actions and that which takes place in the creation, it is not known by Allah until it takes place. And Ibn Umar he said, if you meet those individuals, then inform them that they are free from me and I am free from them. And that Allah would not, uh, that they would not be believers. <clears throat> and that Allah would not accept their deeds until they believe in divine decree until they believe in divine decree. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So Islam has five pillars. And Iman has six pillars. And belief in divine decree is from the pillars of, is from the pillars of Iman. Um, and then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. And this is based, and we understood this from the, also from the hadith of Ibn Abbas that he mentioned in the lesson. And that was, uh, where the Prophet ﷺ said, if all of the people of the world were to come together to benefit you, they would not be able to benefit you except that Allah wrote it for you, except that it was written by Allah. And if all of the people came together to prevent harm from you, they would not be able to prevent harm from you, upon, or if all of the people came together to harm you, they would not harm you except that Allah wrote it. So this is our belief in divine decree. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that a person should not say, if they are afflicted with some sort of harm, they should not say, if I did this or if I did that, that would not take place. It would have not taken place. No, the fact that Allah, or the fact that it took place informed you that Allah decreed that it would take place, and there's nothing that you could have done to prevent it. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, although this is our belief, we still encourage, we, we are still encouraged to try to prevent harm, and to take the means and the measures to prevent harm, but what is intended is, if the harm takes place, 
or that which takes place in your life. If it takes place, you should not say, if I did this or that, it would not take place. And that's why it became in the, the lesson, the previous lesson that we had in Kitab al-Tawheed, uh, the statement that a person should not say, if I did this or that. That was mentioned in Kitab al-Tawheed. Why? Because once it takes place, you should not say, if I did this or that. Once it takes place, there was nothing that you could have done to prevent it. For example, a person uh, wants to travel and he delays his journey until Dhuhr, uh, or he delays his journey and then he says, oh, if I would have set out before, if I would have set out at Salat al-Fajr, this or that would have taken place. He said, hey, no, once it took place that it was delayed and the adhan of Dhuhr came in, khalas, this was something that Allah decreed and there was nothing that you could have done to prevent it. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى قبل أن توفى أبي أو والدي أصابه شلل في جسده أو في جسده فما قدر أن يتحرك ولا أن يتكلم فزرته وعرضت عليه التوحيد وأمرته إذا كان يوافقني ويؤمن بما أقول فيحرك عينيه ففعل ذلك فهل يكفي هذا لدخوله في الإسلام علما أني لم أذكر لهم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم والإيمان به صلى الله عليه وسلم فما الحكم في ذلك إذا كان الإسلام معروفا عنده يعرف أن المسأل الذي يريد أن يسلم يؤدي الشهادة شهادة لا إله إلا الله شهادة أن محمد رسول الله إذا كان يعرف هذا فيخفي الإشارة ما دامت لا يتكلم ولا شيء بس يشير بعينيه لأنه موافق والذي سيحاسب يعلم ما في قلبه وما ينويه حسابه على الله his limbs so I visited him and I mentioned to him about Islam Tawheed and I ordered him that if he believes in me or if he believes in that which I've mentioned to move his eyes and he did so so is this sufficient for him entering into Islam even though I did not mention to him about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and belief in Muhammad Sheikh mentioned if this individual knew about Islam and he knew that if a person wants to enter into Islam he has to say the, 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 the two declarations of faith, the oneness in Allah and the following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu or belief in the Prophet Muhammad, if he knew about that, then it was sufficient that which took place, the fact that he could not move his limbs, it was sufficient that he uh, moved his eyes and the lights. So that was sufficient for that individual in that regard and indeed the individual would be reckoned by Allah or his reckoning would be with Allah Azza wa Jal.
يقول السائل إذا كان بعض الناس يقول يقول إذا كان الله يعلم ما سيفعله العبد من الطاعات والمعاصي فما الحكمة من خلق الناس كيف نرد على هذا القول؟ الله يقول لا يسأل عما يفعل وهم يسألون الله خلق الخلق خلق الناس وركب فيهم عقول يعرفون بواسطة هذه العقول الضار والنافع الذي يريده الله والذي لا يريده هم علموا أن الشيطان جادا في إضلالهم وكان عليهم أن يتحرزوا بالصدق مع الله جل وعلا لا يسأل لماذا خلق كذا ولماذا لم يخرج كذا Some people mentioned that if Allah knows what the servants would do of obedience and disobedience then what is the wisdom in creating the people and the Shaykh mentioned Abi Allah Ta'ala that Allah says in the Quran he is not asked about that which he does and the people will be asked so the individual is not or so an individual should not ask why Allah created the creation Allah created the human and he placed he placed within the human intellect for the human to understand that which harms him and that which benefits him and that which uh, is expected by Allah or that which Allah wants him and that which Allah does not want and the human also understands or the individual also understands that the shaitan is very diligent and vigorous in leading an individual astray so because of that individual should it's incumbent upon an individual to be honest and truthful when it comes to uh, his lord ta'ala and Allah is not asked about that which he does يقول السائل كيف يعرف المرء أو كيف يعرف المسلم أن ما أصابه سببه عذاب من الله أو سببه محنة من الله ينبغي أن يعرف أن الله جل وعلا يعلم كل شيء إذا عمل شيئا الله عالم بأن هذا العمل سوف يكون بهذه الصفة قبل أن يوجد ذلك العمل وقبل أن يوجد ذلك الإنسان خلق الخالق وأعطاهم أعطاهم من مسائل المعرفة وحذرهم فالإنسان إنما يجني إذا جنى يجني على نفسه Individuals asking, uh, how do we know that if a person is afflicted with uh, something, that whether this is a punishment or a test? And the Sheikh mentioned Abi Allah Ta'ala. But the individuals incumbent upon the individual to know that Allah Ta'ala knew that which the individual would do before the individual did it, and before the individual was created. And Allah Ta'ala created the creation with them knowing and understanding that which is of benefit and harm for them. 
So if the individual commits a deed, then indeed the individual has committed a wrong against himself. إذا كان ممن يصبر عليها فيكون له ثواب بصبره عليها قد يكون له منزلة في الجنة وعمله لم يكن بالكثير الذي يصبر عليها فتصيب هذه المصيبة وإقرأ الذين يصبرون قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون قال الله أولئك عليهم الصلوات من ربهم الآخر فلما تصيب المسلم عن المصيبة ويعلم أنها بقضاء الله وقدره ما دامت حدثت يعترف بأن الأمر كله لله ويقول نحن ملك لله إنا لله ملك الله وسوف نرجع إليه كل ما يصيبنا لتدبيره وقضائه نسلم له the Sheikh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, not everything that, uh, affliction that happens to the individual is a punishment from Allah. It's possible that if the individual is patient with regards to the afflictions, he would receive a tremendous reward because of his patience. It's possible that the individual, Allah wants the individual to reach a level in paradise that his actions won't assist him in reaching that level. So this person is afflicted with certain calamities and trials. And if he's patient, he would reach that high level in Jannah. And because of that, Allah mentioned uh, about the people who are patient. <clears throat> that when they are afflicted with the calamity, and they are patient and they say, from Allah we come and to Allah we will return. Upon them is the prayer and the mercy. So the Shaykh mentioned Abi Bala Ta'ala. So this person is afflicted with a calamity or a trial, and they should know that it is from Allah. It is indeed from Allah Azawajal. And they know that the affair returns to Allah. So they say, We are the creation of Allah, and we would return to our Lord Ta'ala, and this person would receive a tremendous reward. يقول السائل أحسن الله أحسن الله إليكم والدي صوفي ويقيم حلقاته مع زملائه في البيت الذي أسكن فيه مع كل أسبوع فماذا أصنع معه وهل يجوز لي أن أبقى في البيت أثناء هذه الحلقات إذا أمكنك أن تنصح والدك تبين له ما يعمله هو وراء أصدقاؤه ليس له أصل عن نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكل عمل يريد الإنسان أن يتقرب إلى الله به لا ينفع إلا إذا كان النبي شرعه و... 
هذه الحركات التي تكون عند الآخرين بالتصوف الشاذلية وغيرهم لا يمكن أن يكون شيء منها من أفعال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أو أفعال الصحابة وقد رأيت مجلس ذكر بالطريقة الشاذلية يقولون الهاشمية الشاغورية لا أعرف هذه المقاصد فتعجبت وأنا أنظر إلى الحركات التي يفتحون أفواههم يرفعون صوتهم كأنه واحد في انخفاض واهتزاز هذا ليس له أصل على النبي وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من عمل عمل ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد يعني مردود عليه لا ينفع إذا استطعت أن تقنع والدك بأن يسأل ويبحث كيف كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يفعل وكيف كان الصحابة يفعلون ثم يحرص على الاتباع بهم إذا استطعت أن تصل إلى هذه الدرجة فهذا خير لك ولا Individuals, the individual said that my father is a Sufi and he has his gatherings in the house that I live with him weekly, weekly gatherings. What should, what should I do and is it permissible for me to remain in the home when he has these gatherings? Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah if you're able to advise your father that that which he does and his companions, there's no origin and proof from it, for it from the Prophet and every action that an individual performs that has not been legislated, it will not benefit the individual except that it has been legislated by the Prophet And these movements that they perform, the Sufis and the, sh- and the, the methodologies of Shadiliya uh, and other than them, these have no basis in Islam. It was not done by the Prophet nor was it done by the, the companions. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah that he witnessed one of their gatherings and he was very surprised at their movements and raising their voices and moving around and dancing and the likes. And indeed this has no basis from the legislation from the Prophet And the person should understand that the Prophet said whoever does an action which is not in accordance with my way, it would be rejected. So this, these actions are rejected. So if you have the ability to advise him and inform him of that and you should inform him and encourage him to research and to look what was performed by the Prophet and what was not performed by the Prophet and the companions and whatever was, was performed by them then he should do and whatever wasn't then he should abstain from يقول السائل لقد توفى لقد توفت ابنة لأخ ولم يزر قبرها يعني منذ فترة ولم يزر قبرها لأنه لا يعرف الدليل في ذلك فهل يجوز فيري يعرف هل يجوز له للأب أو الأم أو 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 الأب هل يجوز للأب أن يزور قبر ابنته المتوفى؟ 
زيارة القبور مشروعة النبي قال يقول نهيتكم عن زيارة القبور أنا فزوروها فإنها تذكر الآخرة ليست المقصود بالزيارة أن الزائر ينفع الأموات لا يزور المقبرة ليتذكر أنه سوف يكون في مثل هؤلاء إذن عليه أن يستعد لهذه المنزلة التي لا بد أن ينزلها بالعمل الذي ينفع لها وهو طاعة الله جل وعلا وهو حسن اتباعه للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت إذا زرت المقبرة فاستعمل معها ما جاء عن النبي السلام عليكم دار قوم مؤمنين ومسلمين رحمه الله المتقدمين والمتأخرين إلى آخرة بدع لهم دعاء فقط. Individuals asking a brother his daughter died some time ago and he hasn't visited her grave because he doesn't know proof. Is it permissible for him to do so? Visiting the graves is legislated. Because the Prophet said, I used to, in the beginning of Islam, the Prophet said, I used to forbade you from visiting the grave, but now I allow it because it would remind you of the hereafter. So the purpose of visiting the grave is not that you would benefit the person in the grave, but rather you visit the grave so that you can be reminded that you would be in the same place, uh, you would eventually be in the same place. So it's upon an individual to visit the grave and to be reminded that he has to do righteous deeds uh, or that the way an individual prepares for his his grave is by doing righteous deeds, obedience to Allah, following the way of the Prophet Wasallam. And likewise, when you visit the grave, you should uh, do that which is legislated upon entering the grave or visiting the grave, and that is that you send salams upon the, 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 the deceased and that you ask Allah to have mercy upon those who are present and those who will come. So you supplicate for the individuals who are there. يقول السائل كيف ينجو المؤمن من القيام خمسين ألف سنة يوم القيامة وهل هناك طريقة يتجنب القيام ذلك اليوم ليس الوضع كما تتصور في مواقف في الحياة الشمس تدنو لو دنت الشمس على رؤوس الناس الآن يدنوها يوم القيامة ما بقي أحد الإنسان لو رمي في نار موقدة خلال دقائق يخلق فحم عذاب يوم الآخرة يتجدد وكل ما ثلفت الجلود بدلوا جلود أخرى ولا يموتون وإنما عذاب مستمر 
مواقف يوم القيامة الذي يحصل فيه الاستجدال الشفاعة وطلبها من وللعزم ثم يتحملها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم هم صابرون ولا يملكون غير الصبر ليس لأحد لكن يضع أصحاب المنازل والتقعة السبعة الذين يظلهم الله في ظله يوم لا ظل إلا ظله هؤلاء ما يحس يشعرون بشديد وطأة ذلك اليوم وحره وحر الشمس إن الله أنعمهم بما من به عليهم في الدنيا من لزوم طاعته فصاروا يتنعمون في الظل الذي أعده الله لهم أنت في الدنيا استعد لتحصيل هذه المكاسب بلزوم طاعة الله والتقيد بسنة نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم Individuals asking uh, how can a person be saved from standing on the day of judgment for 50,000 years? And the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, standing on the day of judgment and that which takes place thereafter in paradise and hell is not like what we know in this life. For example, on that day, the sun will be brought close. But we know in this life that if the sun is brought close, everyone would be, everyone would burn. Likewise, if an individual in this life is thrown into the fire, within a few moments, he would turn into coal, he would burn. The punishment of the hereafter is continuous. When your skin burns, you would be, it would be replaced with new skin. And people would not die in the hellfire. So this punishment is continuous. Standing on a day of judgment is something tremendous. This would be the day that the people would seek intercession from the prophets and the prophets would be patient because that's the only thing they can do is be patient. And you have those individuals that would be in very high <coughs> levels and positions. For example, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about seven people who would be shaded on a day that there's no shade except that which Allah provides. And these individuals that would be shaded, they would not feel Uh, the tremendous uh, afflictions like the others. They would be protected from the heat of the sun, they were protected from the heat of this day. And these individuals would be protected because of them adhering to obedience to Allah and adhering to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. So it's for an individual while he's in this life to prepare for that day and standing on that day by obeying Allah and adhering to the sunnah of the Prophet سؤال من امرأة في أمريكا تدرس في جامعة هنا وهناك سكن للطالبات فهي تسأل هل يجوز لها أن تخرج من بيت أمها لكي تسكن في سكن جامعتها في مدينتها في أمريكا إذا كانت جامعتها في وضع أمن لا تخشى معه على نفسها ولا تخشى أن يحال بينها وبين أداء عبادتها 
وامها غير محتاجه لها فلا حرج ان تسكن في الجامعه اما اذا كانت امها في حاجه اليها او لا تامن على نفسها فيجب عليها ان تتجنب ما تخشاه Fima's asking, Fima is studying at the university in America. She would like to leave her mother's home and live on campus. Is it permissible for her to do so? And the Sheikh mentioned Ta'ala, if she's in the position that she does not fear for herself and living on campus does not prevent her from performing her actions of worship and her mother is not in need of her, then it's permissible for her to live on campus. But if her mother is in need of her, or if she fears for herself some type of harm, then it's not permissible for her to do so. وَإِذَا كَانْ فِي السَّكَنِ اخْتِلَاطٍ لَا إِذَا كَانَ فِي السَّكَنِ اخْتِلَاطٍ رجال ونساء فلا يجوز لها أن تسكن فيه. If there's uh, mixing between men and women on the campus, it's not permissible for her to live in the campus, on campus. Yes, the question is the question of the Diobandia. Yes, the question is the question of the Diobandia, the Sufi. موجودين في افريقيا في اسيا في ولهم كتب مؤلفه يعرفونها وطريقه العبادات والذي لا يعرفها يحمد ربه جل وعلا انه عصمه من تعلمها او معرفتها. groups in Africa, they have groups in Asia, and they have books about their methodology and their different ways of worship. And the Sheikh mentioned, if you don't know, or the individual that doesn't know about them, he should thank his Lord that he doesn't know about them, and he hasn't studied about them, because of their deviation. تسأل المرأة تقول ابنتي يعني سؤال من أمريكا ابنتي متخلفة عقليا فهل يجوز لها أن تتناول أدوية تمنع حيدها حيث يسبب لها الحيد تصرفات غير جيدة مثل الشد شدة الغضب وغير ذلك من التصرفات غير جيدة فهل يجوز لها تناول أدوية تمنع حيدها إذا كانت تخشى منها أو عليها وتجد أدوية تهدئها بحيث يقل شعبها وعذاها فلا حرج في ذلك. Females asking that her uh, her daughter has mental problems. Is it permissible for her to give her medicine to prevent her menses? Because when she has menses, she has actions that are not befitting. Such as anger and the likes, and the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Taala. If she fears, uh, if she fears for her daughter, or she fears from her daughter because of her actions when she has her menses, then there's no problem in her taking uh, medication to prevent her menses, 
to slow her down and to calm her, to calm her down. يقول السائل كيف كيف يتعلم المسلم حفظ حفظ لسانه هذا لا يحتاج إلى تعلم يسكت إلا عن ذكر الله وقراءة وقراءة القرآن والتعلم الأمر صعب الذي يقول من يضمن لي ما بين لحيه والخطاب للمسلمين وما بين رجليه أضمن له الجنة ويقول وهل يكب الناس في النار على مناخرهم إلا حصائد ألسنتهم يعني إلا نتائج ألسنتهم الإنسان ينبغي أن يكون قادرا على السكوت إن أكثر الناس لا يحسن السكوت لا يملك نفسه ليسكت ولا يحسن الحديث هذا من الشقاء Individuals asking how does a person teach himself to control his tongue? The Sheikh mentioned a person doesn't have to teach himself to control his tongue. The individual just has to be quiet. Except from remembrance of Allah and recitation of the Quran and learning the religion. And this is indeed a difficult affair. The Prophet said, Whoever guarantees for me that which is between his cheeks, meaning his tongue, and that which is between his legs, meaning his private parts, I will guarantee paradise for him. And the Prophet ﷺ likewise said, Will the people be thrown and dragged into the hellfire on their faces, except because of that which their tongues have mentioned? So an individual, it's incumbent that an individual controls his tongue, and he does so by being quiet. And the Sheikh mentioned that most people don't know how to be quiet, and most people don't know what to say when they speak. <coughs> يقول السؤال هل يجوز لي أن أستخدم البطاقة التعمينية التي توفرها الشركة التي أعمل لديها؟ إذا كانت هذه البطاقة هذه الشركة ملزمة بها وأنت لا يدلك في شيء منها وإنما أحضرت لك ولم يكن فيها استعمال محرم فلا حرج عليك The Sheikh is asking, is it permissible for me to use the insurance card provided by the company that I work for? The Sheikh mentioned, if you are forced to do so, the company provides it for you, not that you are the individual that pays for it. And likewise, if you use it uh, in a means which is permissible, not that you use it in a means which is impermissible, then there's no problem in you using it. من بريطانيا أنها ترغب في الزواج ولكن المشكلة أن أباها يمنعها أو نعم أن أباها لا يتعاون معها في ذلك ويرفض من يتقدم لها فما نصيحتكم لها امرأة في بريطانيا ترغب في الزواج ولكن أباها ولكن أباها يمنع لا يتعاون معها في ذلك ويرفض من يتقدم إليها بالزواج فما نصيحتكم لها أول 
إذا تقدم لها كفء في دينه وقدرته على متطلباتها فوالدها يجب عليها أن يستجيب وإذا لم يستجب وبإمكانها أن تجد من قرابتها من يتولى تزويجها فتذهب إليه من أخ أو عم ونحو ذلك وعلى فرض لا يوجد لها أحد أبد تنظر المكتب الإسلامي في البلد التي تعيش فيه وتراجعهم ويكون المسؤول عن المكتب بمنزلة ولي الأمر فيزوجهم female in England would like to get married but <coughs> the problem is her father would not assist her in doing so and he uh, refuses anyone that approaches to marry her. What is your advice? The Sheikh mentioned Abiyah Allah Ta'ala first. If an individual approaches her and this individual has the ability, he's sufficient for her in terms of his religion and likewise in his ability to provide for her then it's incumbent, it's obligatory, mandatory upon the father to allow her to marry. But if he doesn't, and she has the ability to approach one of her relatives, her male relatives, such as a brother or an uncle, or the likes, then she should do so, and that person should uh, marry her. And he should marry her to a, another individual. And if she doesn't have a, a male relative, such as an uncle or a brother, then she should go to the Islamic center in her city, and they, the individual who is responsible, uh, the leader of the Islamic Center, he would take the position as a male relative and he would marry her to someone else. يقول السائل هل يمكن أن يحصل أن طفل أو ولد مسلم مثلاً الذي يبلغ عمره سبع سنوات هل يجوز أو هل يمكن أن يصيب شخص آخر أو مسلم آخر بالعين ممكن لأن هذا الشاب إذا رأى الشخص الآخر أشياء هو لا يقدر عليه ويتمناها ولن يذكر الله جل وعلا حين رأى هذا الشيء هذا تخرج حتى بدون إرادة يكون هذه الأشياء تصدر من ابن آدم أشبه ما يكون بالإشعاع الذري لكن إذا استعمل الأذكار صارت هذه أشبه ما يكون بالحاجز الذي قال لا على ما يقتل أحدكم أخاه إذا رأيت ما يعجبك هل برخت يعني هل قلت ما شاء الله تبارك الله لما رأيت ما يعجبك عنه Individuals asking, is it possible for a young boy, seven years old, for example, to uh, to give another child the evil eye? The Sheikh said, yes, it's possible. If a child sees another individual who has something that he wants and he cannot have, and he does not remember Allah and mention the name of Allah, then it's possible that the evil eye leaves him and affects the other individual, even if he doesn't intend it. This is like from the sight, it comes from the sight. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if a person remembers Allah, they say, MashaAllah, 
then this is like a prevention, this is a means of prevention. And the Prophet ﷺ said, why would one of you kill his brother? So if you see something that you are, uh, you know, if you're pleased with that your brother has, then you should say, uh, you should remember Allah, Tabarakallah, uh, or the likes. Or hal ma barrat, did you not say, may Allah bless him in that which he has. There's a question about the, the yearly subscription subscription fee. This question came previously. I asked the Sheikh last lesson while we were walking out. He said it's permissible. يقول السائل أريد لولدي أن يكون في المستقبل عالما في الشرع أو في الشريعة. فما نصيحتكم لي ولزوجتي كيف نربي أولادنا لكي يكون أولا هذا توجه تشكرون عليه إذا صدقتم فيه وحظتم بالأسباب تحقق ذلك بإذن الله وكيف تفعلون دربوه من الآن على طاعة الله جل وعلا والتقرب إليه بأعداء العبادات وذكروه بأن الفضل خير كله من الله ولا يمنع الشر إلا الله من حال بدء الدراسة يحرص على أن يدفعونه على الاجتهاد والجد والمذاكرة والبعد عن المجالس السيئة والألعاب التي تشغل المرء عن ما ينفعه واجزموا واعلموا أن هذا لا يتم بيوم وليلة ولا بسنة وسنتين إنما يحتاج إلى صبر وإذا وفقهم الله على ذلك وصبرتم سوف ترون إن شاء الله ما يسركم به the individual is asking, I desire for my son to become a scholar in the future. What advice do you have for me and my wife in raising our children so that they can be leaders, Islamic leaders in the future? And the Sheikh said, first, this direction, this intent that you have for your children, it is praiseworthy and it's something that you, uh, you should be grateful for. And if you're sincere with Allah Azawajal, and if you take the means of raising your children, then this would come about by the permission of Allah. Secondly, you should train your children from now that they should worship Allah and you should direct them to perform actions of worship and you should remind them that this merit is from Allah Azawajal and there's no one who can prevent harm except Allah Azawajal. And likewise, when they begin to study, when they begin their schooling, you should encourage them to be diligent and serious in their memorization, in their study and review, and you should keep them away from gatherings, evil gatherings, and you should keep them away from games and toys, that which would that divert them and distract them from being serious. And you should know and you should be certain, you should have, a, you should have certainty that that which you're trying to accomplish with your children would not come about in one day or overnight or not in or not even in a year or two years 
it's something that has to be continuous. But if you are continuous and you're patient, then you would see the end results, inshallah. يقول السؤال إذا أراد إذا أراد مسلم أن يتبرع للمسلمين في سوريا فكيف يتبرع لهم وكيف يتيقن أن هذا المبلغ يصل إليهم؟ في الصعوبة صعيبة. لكن إذا وجدت أحد منهم خارج سوريا الذين خرجوا ولا يستطيعون يعملوا لأنفسهم شيء بدلت لهم شيء ينفع لأن بعث الأموال وشيء من هذا لا يدرى كيف تصل ومن يتولى إيصالها إيصالها في أمر آخر الدعاء لهم احرص للدعاء إن الله يهديهم ويوفقهم للانتصار على أعدائهم وأن يخذل أعدائهم وينزل بأعدائهم أنواع المصائب واغتنى من الفرص التي لا يكون عندك أحد وادع لمن تحب أن تنفعه لنفسك قبل كل شيء ثم لمن تحب أن ينتفع والدعاء نافع للداعي ولمن يدعى له Just asking if I wanted, if a Muslim wanted to uh, donate to the Muslims in Syria, how can he donate, and how does he know that his wealth has reached them, or his charity has reached them? Sheikh mentioned Habib This is very difficult because an individual, uh, one, he said, it's very difficult. But if you can find an individual, for example, a Syrian who has left Syria and he has no means, he has no provisions, then you should give to this individual because this would benefit them. Sheikh said, because you're sending wealth by means of organizations and the likes of that, you don't know if this would reach them. You don't know who's responsible for uh, making it reach the individuals. Another thing that you can do is you can supplicate for them. You can supplicate that Allah guides them and Allah gives them the success and Allah allows them to, uh, you know, defeat their enemy and, and the likes. You can do this. So you should take advantage of the time where you have no one around you and you're alone. And you should supplicate for yourself and you should supplicate for others and this supplication will benefit them insha'Allah by the permission of Allah. Awala nahmud Allah jalla wa'ala ala ma yassar lana min hadha al-ijtima' wa asar Allah bi asma'ihi wa sifatah an wafiqna jami'an lil'amal al-salih wa an yitakabbala minna wa yitajawaza anna wa an la yakhi lana على أعمالنا نسأله جل وعلا أن يرحمنا ويطف بنا كما نسأله بأسمائه وصفاته أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن ينتصر للمظلومين من الظالمين وأن يفرج كروبات المكروبين ويشفي مرضى المسلمين وأن يقضي الدين على المدينين من المسلمين كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يعاجل المظلومين في الشام وفي شرق آسيا وفي غيرها من البلاد الإسلامية أن يعاجلهم بالهداية والنصر وأن يرينا في الحكومة 
الخبيثة الفاجرة النصيرية في الشام أن يرينا فيها عجائب خدرته وأن يرينا بالذين ينصرونها كدولة إيران الرافضية وحكومة العراق الرافضية والحزب النجس الذي في لبنان أن يرينا في هؤلاء عجائب قدرته كما نسأله أن يرينا في الدولة الروسية الخبيثة التي تمد هذا النجس الخبيث بشار وحزبه وحزبه أن ترينا فيها تصدعها وانفلات الأمر منها وأن يرينا أيضا في كل القادرين على إبعاد هذه المحنة وكشف هذه الغمم عن المسلمين ثم يتقاعس أن يرينا فيهم الآثار غضبه جل وعلا كما نسأله سبحانه بأسمائه وصفاته أن يجيرنا في هذه البلاد من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وأن يحقق لنا الأمن على ديننا ودنيانا وأن يحقق ذلك للمسلمين في كل مكان وأن يهدينا جميعا سواء السبيل ويصلحنا ويصلح ذرياتنا ويغفر لأمواتنا إنه جل وعلا مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala began by saying Firstly we thank Allah Azzawajal We praise Allah For that which he has given us We ask Salaam with his names and attributes To give us success To do righteous deeds And to accept it from us And we ask Salaam Azzawajal Not to uh, allow us to depend on our deeds and To have mercy upon us And ask Allah to give strength and might And glory to Islam and to debase disbelief and the hypocrites and ask Allah to assist those who have been oppressed and to uh, cure the Muslims and we ask Allah to uh, pay the debt of the Muslims who are in debt and we ask Allah to bring uh, immediate victory to the, those who are being oppressed in Syria and other places and we ask Allah to show us his might and anger upon uh, this oppressive ruler in Syria and the government in Syria, and we ask Allah to show his might and anger upon those who are supporting them, such as Russia and the other countries which are supporting them, and likewise his might and anger upon those countries who have the ability to stop this oppression, that they don't stop it. And we ask Allah to give ease to uh, the Muslims who are being oppressed there. And we ask Allah to protect us in this land, and to protect and to preserve and protect us from all types of trials and calamities. We ask Allah to protect our religion and our worldly uh, possessions and to do the same to all of the Muslims in all parts of the world and to guide us to the straight path and to protect us and our families and our children and to protect and to forgive uh, and to forgive those who have died from amongst us. And indeed Allah is the one to answer the call and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad and his family members and companions. Next week there, there will be a lesson next week, inshallah.